Welcome to episode 155 of the Campus Comics Cast. We are calling this episode the Dawn of Previews episode in reference to the Dawn of DC that we'll be talking about a little bit. I guess a continuation of Dawn of DC. But my name is Scott Reed. I'm joined on this episode by Mike Atchison and Chad Schubert. And of course, this is the official podcast for Muddy Monster Comics located at 1422 Walnut Street in Murfreesboro, Illinois. Just want to mention that uh, Mike put out a bunch of new uh, key, minor key books, including things like the fourth appearance of Green Goblin, a couple of uh, first appearance of Danny Ketch Ghost Riders, that cameo appearance of Gambit in uh, Avengers Annual, or Avengers X-Men Annual, I think 14. I can't remember if my number's right on that. But if you haven't been in the shop in a while, be sure to stop in, check out those books. And unless somebody has something uh, exciting they want to talk about, why don't we just jump into DC? Let's we'll do jump it. Away. All right, so uh, who, which one of you guys wants to talk about Titans number one? Well, you're that excited about it, okay? So excited. <laughs> Actually, it's the one. It's the one. Uh, previews or you know catalog that I have electronically, so I didn't have it up and going. My fault. <laughs> oh, okay, that's all right. Titans number one. I mean, I think this is a. You know, it, it's Justice League has been so overdue for a overhaul reboot flush things down the toilet so they can create some new interesting stories. And I think probably it's not a bad idea to break away from the Pantheon, you know, the big seven and come up with a new big seven. And I don't think there's a better group than these characters that have been the sidekicks or the, you know, the teen Titans or Titans for decades now. Um, And to be honest, some of them have more, interesting backgrounds these days than the uh the the primary justice league you know when you think about dick grayson nightwing and wally west um flash they in a way have sort of surfaced as you know forward facing dc characters they're not anymore like you know secondary so uh and then you throw the the rest of them in there i think it makes for and and cyborg too i mean he's been on the big screen so Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's a good choice to go this way. And the creative team with, uh, Tom Taylor and Nicola Scott, right? Oh, I mean, man. it's solid. <laughs> it's, it's more, I mean, it's so solid, but it also worries me. Nicola Scott is, you know, it, I worry that she'd be able, might not be able to keep up with the schedule, but when you say Tom Taylor, I mean, he's one of about three writers that I'm probably going to, if it's a title that I am in the least bit interested in his name locks it in for me and, and her art's great too, but I just hope she can keep up with it. Yeah. They do have a few preview pages of, uh, like of the book. So Mm -hmm. that's, of course it's also black and white, which makes you think that "Mm, it didn't get in in time for it to get colorized before they put this uh, (laughs) catalog out. So, (laughs) (laughs) so already, well, I, I know Mike, you've got to be dying to talk about page four though. Page four with the Mark Wade written Shazam. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I am. I'm, and mostly because it's going back to the original costume of Shazam, sort of the cape that's buttoned over on the on one side. Um, no more hood, no more. Um, I don't know. I think the modern modern take on him by Jeff Johns. I think it made for some good stories, but it's you know it's a fan's famous last words is that's not my. Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel yeah. <laughs> I mean, but 
it's and plus you got Dan Mora. It's another. I mean, these are some titles that DC's sort of they're doubling down on the name recognition and the and the uh, the talent of these creators. And I think it's it's I'm much more apt. To, I'm going to get this, but I'd much more apt to get this than uh, any recent series that uh, that that featured him or his family. The only the only big complaint I've got is it's two months after Fury of the God comes out. Like it's <laughs> they're, they're getting it on the stands two months after the movie comes out. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they continue to do this. Both both companies yeah. just continue to not go like. Don't you see that there's somewhat of a connection? Well, the problem is is that one, like you said, they're not getting out in time. But two, they're not the movies are not drawing anybody into the comic book shops. Yeah, you know so. What if I don't know, understand why they don't? Since people know to wait around for the credits now, yeah. they ought to at mid credits or three quarters away say just put up a little thing that says hit your local comic shop and pick up right. Shazam number one. That's you know, bad. it's just like that's all it would take, and it doesn't it cost them incrementally like zero dollars right. to do that, and long enough to pay some guy to do like a, a PowerPoint slide. Yes, <laughs> and stick it up. That's all you got to do. Absolutely, and they refuse put, to do it. Put out some promotional. Little short story, yeah, handed out at you the know, hand out as a freebie at the well, that costs a lot of money. I mean, that costs the printing and distribution, and and ninety percent of those end up in the trash. Yeah, you yeah. know, but just just having it up there on the big screen for a yeah. few seconds—that's all it would take. I don't even yeah. there's a Shazam comic. Oh, or there's give a them link. A, give them a give them a QR code to uh, say, yeah. a free digital <laughs> digital thing. Three, there you know? go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I like the idea of pulling them into the shops first, more though than pushing them to their to the DC you okay, know, yeah. side. Okay, yeah. But yeah, you're probably answer, yeah. right. You're right, though. That's what they should do is give the QR code because then it's just like, you know, read it's the so first easy. six issues. Read the yeah. first six issues of Sam number one for free. Yeah. Scan this QR code. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're you're 100% correct. That's what they should do. Not what I want. No, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, I sort of contradict myself a little bit by saying it. I don't, I don't try to promote the digital. I just, I mean, I just still think there's a lot of room for coexistence. Mm-hmm. Well, Mike, I think it's all you for the first like ten pages, ten to eleven pages. Yeah, I mean, and that's what I'm trying. I'm not you... trying to be. <laughs> no, I'm gonna let you keep going. So, <laughs> well, stop me. I'll pause between because this is the first DC Connect in a while that I was like, oh yeah, I should mark this down to talk about. Uh, yeah, this one too. Next thing you know, I've got about <laughs> ten things in a row, like you said. I so, tell you what, I want to mm-hmm. talk about page twenty-eight. You can have the rest of the book. Okay. Okay. So uh, <laughs> when we get there, I'm right now. I'm just on six, and the only thing yeah. I want to say about Green Lantern number one, well, not the only. There's a couple. Jeremy Adams and Zermonico, great creators. Again, they're getting some good people for this. They've got the the covers. I mean, I didn't. It looks like a painted cover by Zermonico. One thing I noticed interesting and a true throwback throwback is the design of Hal Jordan's Green Lantern costume. Are you guys noticing that what it is? What's different than what we've seen in the recent past or for the last what since like late 60s? Um I'm gonna have to say like the the sleeves the black on the sleeves gives like a little bit further in the chest, kind of like right. more like the classic version. That's the uh, original design yeah. where it was more like a kind of like a onesie where it was cut <laughs> off right at the arms and then at one point at some point it started to extend the green would extend over the mm-hmm. shoulder shoulders yeah but to, to keep it looking maybe or to make it less like a 
a leotard onesie or whatever <laughs> they did it doesn't look like, the green doesn't go all the way down around his crotch and and rear end it, it stops at the waist and just sort of point it looks more it looks sleeker it looks better than the original but it's definitely a callback to that um original mm -hmm. costume so yeah is that a cheap reason to pick it up and read it yeah <laughs> but i i think i will um and plus you got john stewart that's going to be uh, the backups are going to be written by philip kennedy johnson who's kind of won me over with his run on action comics and uh um interested to see how how both of those titles will uh or both of those characters will work in the same book and this one is almost like they have out too early because they should want to release this closer to whenever the the Le Green Lantern series mm -hmm. starts on HBO Max, where it's going to have Hal Jordan and and they'll John reboot Stewart. again. That's oh yeah, that's you're a couple right. years yes, away. Yeah, <laughs> they'll have plenty of time to go to they a good time. One. <laughs> Give it time. <laughs> uh, uh, you got a new anthology, uh, the the Batman, the Brave and the Bold, uh, coming out, and that's once again Tom King, man, Christopher Cantwell. Mitch Gerard's. Mm -hmm. These are, I mean, these are creators. We already know about King, but I haven't read a single Christopher Cantwell book, and I've heard so much about his. It was Iron Man, wasn't it, that he's mm -hmm. been on for a while? Yep. I've heard so many good things about that. But with it being sort of an anthology or a team-up book, I, I mean, I, this is right up there excitement level is uh world's finest you know with wade so that's another book that i mean they're it's almost like somebody at dc knows when i start feeling like you know what i'm gonna pull back on my buying <laughs> they're like uh uh hey we just heard atchison is um cutting back let's uh let's put some new exciting stuff out mm -hmm. there absolutely i don't know what do you guys think about that about the you know the team-ups i like it i i was always had wanted to get around to the urban legends uh book mm -hmm. that was running and it seemed i didn't realize that that stopped i guess last month or it, it's it's coming to a close and this is picking up kind of where it left off as the the new batman anthology book so i was like okay i i, I really want to start reading this but i really yeah. need to go back and finish reading urban legends because i read the first couple issues of that and liked it and uh but the teams look yeah the teams look fantastic yeah, I didn't realize it was a seven ninety nine cover though. Yikes! <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, her, give me. Uh, surely I, that'll be just the first issue at sixty four pages. I don't know. Didn't uh, Urban Legends stay up there in price? Because it was. I think uh, it might have been a five ninety nine book. Five ninety nine. Okay, all right. Because these are all cardstock covers. So. Um, oh lordy, yeah. Uh, but I'm probably gonna add this to my month to month. So just just pick it up so mm -hmm. yeah, they're there i mean these days they try to get as many readers as they can many many sales as they can at the front mm -hmm. end and if it doesn't go five issues oh well no problem mm -hmm. we'll do something new again mm -hmm. <laughs> and cyborg uh you guys were right i'm almost everything i'm commenting on i mean i don't know who morgan hampton is as far as a writer me neither. But I do know Tom Rainey, and I really liked his run on The Outsiders back in the early 2000s. Uh, the cover, the cover does not look. I don't know who Edwin Galman is, but it looks like. Oh shoot! What's the guy that did the art on Far Sector? That's who it looks like. But oh, okay. uh, I don't remember. Yeah, I know you're talking about though. Yeah. 
and I'll, I might pick this up for a couple issues to see how, it, you know, if it, you know, inspires me to buy more. <laughs> but the one thing I do, okay, if you look at the, uh, what would you call it, the design art or the um, preview art? Preview oh, art. Was, oh, no, okay, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, design. it's good. Yeah. Okay, so for a long, long time, I've complained that they turned Cyborg into nothing but machine. And mm -hmm. all you see as far as his humanity is one side of his face. Whereas in the early years under Perez's pencils, he had, you know, had part of his legs. There were part of his legs that were still human, more of his arms. And it looks like they're going back to that. So it, it makes him more, you know, man than he has been depicted in the movies and in the comics for a long time. So I'm glad to see that. DC has for years been trying to make turn cyborg into one of the significant characters in the DC yeah. universe. And it just hasn't happened. They want to move him yeah. into that top seven. Yeah. And he just hasn't gotten there. So, yeah, I, to me, he's a better teen Titan. I mean, his relationship mm -hmm. with Garfield, Logan, beast boy yep. or changeling, whichever you want to call him, was mm -hmm. always to me, it was such a great buddy team i mean they they were always at each other uh one you know beast boy was always aggravating him and um <laughs> but but they really were a good that you could see that friendship in the books uh, in the teen titans whereas in the justice league he was just he was just uh he replaced the martian manhunter as the sort of if it wasn't really telepathy or telekinetic or connecting everybody through you know brainwaves yeah. it was more technology based technology. and he was sort of the person he played that sort of role with the the team and i don't know if it just really worked out it didn't for me so much uh that's that's it for a minute you said 28 and well i just i mean i just said i, <laughs> I, I want to talk about 28 i had some other things before 28 but it's like, okay i'll, I'll stop for a while oh we don't have to <laughs> so we got uh 12 14 and 16 you got spirit mm -hmm. world number one you got the vigil number one you got city boy number one and i guess these are all titles that are coming out of lazarus planet Mm -hmm. And and also tying into what Asian Pacific Heritage Month, mm -hmm. I think I guess must be okay, May. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I I saw I read something about that in the catalog, but I don't remember all. The I see a variant for details. you know for that, so that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. A A P I Asia Pacific Islander is it Islander? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So, but uh, so is those the vigils brand new. Is it so these these are all characters that were introduced in Lazarus Planet. Right. Some, but before that, they didn't exist at all. Right. I don't think so. No. Yeah. OK. I kind of was I was trying to poke around last night and I was mm -hmm. like, I don't see anything because I, I liked that. I The vigil seems like a mm -hmm. might be a cool book to pick up yeah, uh, kind it, of a, a watcher kind of uh, situation for the DC universe, maybe. I OK. So Xanth who is spirit world number one is mm -hmm. was first appearance was in Lazarus dark planet. And the visual is, was Lazarus planet next evolution. Okay. Okay. And then city boy, I'm not for sure. It may have also, it may have also been dark planet as well, but it I says I, I legends reborn is the legends reborn. Okay. Lazarus planet legends reborn. And then also, I guess 
the Wildstorm 30th anniversary special. Yeah, okay. That was right. That was the one that I didn't have to look up because it was in the... It's in there, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which I don't know how it can be first seen in two different books. I guess they came out the same month. (laughs) Maybe. So, yeah. So I know know Greg Pak, and I know, Mm -hmm. of course, Ram V. I don't Mm -hmm. know Alyssa Wong. Uh, I mean, it sounds familiar. Her name does. I don't remember what she's done. But uh, usually it says someplace in the text, and it doesn't this time, does it? Yeah, hmm. Now these are are these all six issue series? It looks like. Yeah. She's all... worked on the Star Wars Doctor Aphra books. It looks oh, like. okay. okay. And then Iron. I looks like she did Marvel yeah. work. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm glad to see this. Uh, it's it's again. I'm probably getting all the first issues of these. Okay. I'm probably going to pick up Spirit World, the visual. City Boy does not, I don't know, it just doesn't interest me at all. So yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I'm not feeling that one. I, I probably will get the other two, though. I bet you didn't know you were going to be buying Batman number 900 when you bought Batman number 135. Yeah. No, I did not. I was not aware of that. <laughs> uh, that, that just aggravates me. I, <laughs> page uh page 21 we got uh green arrow number two which also has introduction of a new villain troublemaker so new which villain alert it? new villain alert where at what was that page 21 green, oh, arrow, green arrow number two green arrow. i was i had stopped on power girl yep okay oh. well go ahead go back to 20 then no i was just admiring the cover that's all <laughs> oh okay <laughs> so well Who's this in the background with the with the red mask? I mean, is that supposed to be because it looks like eyes in this broken, like broken piece of glass that is reflecting? It's Johnny Sorrow. He has no face. Uh, not sure if he has any hand. Well, it's, it's I don't know if he has a body. It's just he has all you see. It's like the invisible man. All you see is the clothing. Ah, OK. Um, he's a, a Jeff Johns invention. Or creation from the early 2000s Justice Society. I can't remember what his powers are, though. <laughs> He's invisible. Other than that, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's something, though. <laughs> More than I got. Uh, my next thing's not till 28, so. I got 26. Just, a, a, just a, a brief mention. It's Batman the White Knight Presents Generation Joker, number one. Uh, it's, I, I really like, I, I read the first, uh, storyline of the white knight kind of stuff. And I really liked what Sean Murphy was doing kind of just his own little reimagined world of things. And, uh, and I haven't picked up past that, but it's not because I didn't want to, cause I really, the design of the characters are great. Uh, just a different take on everything in its own little world kind of reminds me of the, you know, Frank Miller's dark knight kind of like little cubby hole where it just kind of lives. And this is uh, a new mini series that Sean Murphy is not actually writing, but it's his story uh, following Joker and Harley's kids during like the Batman beyond timeline. Cause they just finished up the, the white Knight beyond uh, series not too long ago. So yeah. I was like, Oh, okay, well this is just another reason why I need to actually catch up with this storyline. I agree. I, I, I've after the first, I've read the first, Chapter, you know, the mm-hmm. first series, but nothing since. Page 28, we have 
Peacemaker tries hard, number one. And the big reason that I want to mention this is because it is being written by Kyle Starks. Uh, so mm-hmm. Kyle Starks, is, he was like a, the long, a long-running writer on Rick and Morty. And then he's had multiple series, uh, including things like Basketball Head. <laughs> but he currently has a book at Image called I Hate This Place. Mm-hmm. And now he's over at uh, at DC. And he's uh, and last year, like, yeah, for my show, I Run in Harrisburg, he was my featured guest. So, or actually two years ago, excuse me. So that was 2021. He was my featured guest. Um, at the show, so maybe I need to bring him back so he can uh, <laughs> yeah. sign some of these Peacemaker tries hard number one. <laughs> uh, I wish they'd let him do a cover. He's he's more of a I would call I would call him not I would call him a cartoonist the way that he draws. Yeah. I'm he can draw other styles, but it's very cartoony. I would like to have seen a Peacemaker cover uh, by him as one of the variants, yeah. but <laughs> mm-hmm. and as it is, it's Steve Pugh, right? That's his, that's who's uh, yes. doing the art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I mean, I am a Peacemaker fan, but I don't know. Uh, this, well, like, you know, like you said earlier, this may not be your Peacemaker. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. is definitely the TV series. Yeah, Peacemaker. exactly. You're right. Not the, cause it even looks like John Cena in the, in the drawings yeah. and in the, in the artwork. So, yeah. And I, the I think they can good. get away with that, with it, um, with it being black label you know it's not really part of the dc proper right so i is i think it oversized it is does not seem to be no because it's oh, only okay. 4.99 so <laughs> yeah okay yeah um and that's actually my last thing in uh in dc so whatever else you guys have in dc i got 33 I... go ahead uh, on 33 we have the sandman the morpheus helm masterpiece edition uh for five hundred dollars i'm gonna say you gotta buy this one no i'm not uh <laughs> but it is worth talking about because it is pretty cool i mean if you if you have a uh an income that will allow for such a thing and like that kind of thing it's a pretty much uh you know full scale helm i would say it's 15 inches by 11 inches by 10 inches is is just the helm itself and then you have a bone nose of seven inches off of it uh, it comes with a uh, six leather bound volumes that include all of the the main story run and then the three kind of offshoot volumes of Overture Dream Hunters and Endless Nights. Um, so it's it's pretty cool. I would like to see one, uh, but I don't want to own one. That's that's how I feel about that one. <laughs> so I'm picturing, you know, they put the disclaimer on there that the helm is for display purposes only. Some assembly required. So I'm Christ. picturing their <laughs> their fear that somebody's going to try to put it on their head and not be able to get it off. Yes. You know, I no, scared. I think the bigger issue is somebody tries to wear it and it breaks. Yeah, that's probably Oh right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I think they don't they just they want to make sure that people understand you yeah, this is gonna break if you try to wear it. Well and it's a sol I'm a I'm assuming it's a solid piece. There's no like you can't there's no hole to put oh, your head right, in. Oh, that's right. Well, because the, it's got the book slots books in the in back. The back. Of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Looking. Uh-huh. And that's all I've got for this book. <laughs> I only have one more thing, and that's just to say um, they got the Human Target Volume 2 uh, soft cover that uh, includes, of course, the finale of the 12 issue series by Tom King and Greg, Greg Smallwood. I have. I still have to read 11 and 12. So um, it's been an amazing series already. So I'm interested to see how it finishes up. 
And that wraps it up for me, guys. Cool. All right, Marvel. Do it. Yeah, Marvel. I'm going to say that both DC and Marvel stunk it up this month month about getting their catalogs out. So it's yeah. like I I the DC catalog was not available on their website. Um, I actually had to finally get the I got the Marvel catalog from Comixology, but of course the Comixology search is terrible. I literally searched for Marvel previews. Well, first I searched for Marvel previews March 2023, and I thought, oh, there it is, it found it, and I download it, and it's like, no, Marvel does theirs. So it's actually the May 2023 catalog yeah. that you want, not the March 2023 catalog. So I'm on Comixology. I searched for Marvel previews May 2023. The first result is Marvel previews May 2022. I got to scroll <laughs> down like half a page to get to Marvel previews May 2023. So. I mean, I think this, I mean, I don't want to get off a tan on a tangent about these digital services, but I whether it's Comixology or Marvel or DC, it's like they're going out of their way to make it difficult to find what you're looking for. Oh, yes. I mean, you can be very specific about what you're looking for, exactly title, the exact title, the exact issue number. I had a heck of a time on the Marvel app trying to find some of these back issues that were in this treasury edition. I wanted to see where else they were, you know, see if they were the original issues were mm -hmm. on the app mm -hmm. and it, you, you, it was not sorted in any discernible order. So I had to go page by page to find them <laughs> and, and, and DC's no, no better. No. Well, and the, yeah. And then it's like, I went into the comiXology app on the iPad and I can't even find that that I purchased for zero dollars in the Comixology app. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's just yeah, it's probably listed as just a Kindle book or something instead. Yeah, it's just like, oh, ugh. so anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I was luckily I was able to get into a store in my travels and pick up both the Marvel and the, the, the big book. So I have the Marvel in front of me. All right. So, OK, well, page two. Guess what? We got a new Avengers number one. It's actually been a little while. I think the Jason Aaron run got to 60 something. Oh. Did that so last five years? I can't believe it's been five years. So, so, I mean, it's been, I think it's been more than five years. Man. So, I mean, I guess they could have done some two per month, but Maybe, it's at but least it five like, years. Yeah. So, yeah. I know he had a long run and that's great. Yeah, so a uh, new creative team, Jed McKay. That's a name that shows up a lot here mm -hmm. in uh, the Marvel catalog. So for some books, um, I believe kind he's of the guy that wrote team. the. He wrote those Kang Timeless books that I really enjoyed. Okay, so it's pseudo traditional team, but not quite because it's like it's Thor, but it's Sam Wilson Captain America instead of Steve Rogers Captain America. Mm -hmm. So it's just a little bit different than what we've seen in the past but uh, new number one i like the they they gave the names they gave in the solicitation the star the icon the witch the construct the god the engineer mm -hmm. the king yeah so i guess the star is captain marvel i assume so and the icon is captain america right yeah the witch is scarlet witch the construct, right. the construct is vision. vision the god, the god is god thor, is thor. The engineer is Iron Man. Right. King Black Panther. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. The so, art didn't look too bad either. Uh, my next. Oh, and they fight Terminus. 
<laughs> who's a big gigantic robotic body with a little teeny tiny guy inside <laughs> just up in the head so just as an fyi teeny teeny head yeah. <laughs> uh 14's my next thing i got 12 and it's just uh the next issue of miracle man uh silver age seven and it's got miracle man versus young miracle man so i don't know a stinking thing about this series even though i've bought every issue so far <laughs> I haven't read anything yet, and I'm I've got to I've got to lock in some time to do. This. I'm the exact same way. Have not read the first. I have all the issues. Have not read a single one of them yet. So, yeah, my new issue reading has been way behind. <laughs> but it's I just it's it's at least still going on. I enjoy the idea that I have something to have it to look forward to. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, it will uh, be good before you spend too much more money on it. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Back on uh, page 10, real quick, the Edge of Spider-Verse number one, there's a new character alert, uh, and it is a character called Spider-Killer, who is evidently the most scariest spider character ever created, <laughs> if you're keeping an eye on those things. Okay, and I'm going to back up one more time, so <laughs> I'm going to back up to page eight, because we mentioned this last month, Planet of the Apes is getting a new mm -hmm. series, so they're soliciting Planet of the Apes number two. And apparently, this is all going to be under a 20th Century Fox imprint from Marvel. So there's going to be a separate imprint for these, uh, read on the Diamond website, uh, that that was happening. So I, I guess maybe, I'm trying to think what all titles are 20th Century Fox. Um, aren't Aliens and, Alien and uh, so, Predator yeah. 20th Century Predator, Fox? Yeah. So maybe they're going to kind of combine those into a, a separate universe. So. Yeah, that's not a bad idea, really. No, I, you know, I, I, it sounds like a good idea, but I, I don't know that we, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's okay when the predators were running around with the aliens, but now do we want to mix in Planet of the Apes with, yeah. I, I don't know. It's just like the, the Hasbro line where you had Transformers with GI <laughs> Joe, with ROM, with Micronauts, with, you know, whatever. It was just, I, I, I don't know. It was a little too much. Yeah. <laughs> it would actually just seeing this comic, makes me want to go back and rewatch all the movies. I've just always oh. loved all the movies. The originals or the remakes? Both. Oh, okay. I've enjoyed mo pretty much all of them. Well, it makes you wonder like are they what else did they have under that 20th century like because X-Files is is 20th century, okay. Terminator's 20th century. Yeah. Um so just kind of I'm skimming through kind of franchises they have. <laughs> Uh, the Kingsman is a is a franchise that they've okay. that they've got under yeah. there. So, Die Hard, like, <laughs> what are they what are they willing to comic book eyes that would kind of fit yeah. within that same kind of vibe? whatever they think they can sell. Yes, Avatar. Yeah. Avatar. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> what What's your next page? So I'm on 14, and I was I actually was going to skip this because it's just oh it's Spider Man 2099, but apparently this is going to be a weekly book in May. So once a week, you're going to have a Spider-Man uh, 2099 Dark Genesis issue. So if you don't blink, you'll miss it. So <laughs> Is that the traditional Spider-Man 2099 uniform? Yeah. Is the it? one and the, yeah, the blackish and Looks red. Like, yeah. 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 Pretty close, at least. Okay. So, yep. Has it always had like the Punisher type logo on the front of it, though? Yeah, that's what I thought it was different. I... Think I don't so it looks pretty comparable. Well, you know, uh, 
I never read it to begin with, but I okay. feel like that's I never I feel like that's the <laughs> correct logo. So here let, we have the internet. Let oh, the internet. S- search for Spider-Man 2099 <laughs> number one and see if I can find a an image. And yeah, it's it's almost identical. So okay. wow. Hmm. I've totally missed that. Um, of course, now I lost my page where I had my Marvel previews. Oops. But uh, there it is. Okay. <laughs> uh, my next thing's not till 22. I'm good until 24. Yep. I'm good. Okay. Well, 22, and it's just because having the Spider Verse is not enough. Mm. Now we have to have the Venom Verse, but it can't just be the Venom Verse. It has to be the Extreme Venom Verse. <laughs> <laughs> Five issue series, lots of writers on it. So I don't know if it's like an anthology of Venom stories or they're just all contributing to the overarching story. Uh, but I guess it's an anthology because they got like Marvel 1602 references in these issues and, uh, you know, all over the place. Uh, not for me, but uh, but uh, for anybody out there who's a Vision fan or a Venom fan, not Vision, Venom. <laughs> One of those V words. Yes. <laughs> I have earmarked here Storm number one, mm-hmm. the five issue series by Ann Nocenti mm-hmm. and Sid Koshian, and covered by Alan Davis. And I honestly have, other than, you know, X Men books, I've never really read any Storm solo. And I've never really read a, so- a story with her in the era where she had the Mohawk. Right. And I just thought this might be, I mean, it looks like they're, they're actually telling a story from back in that day. So. I think that they makes are. It, yeah, it makes it more to me accessible than the stuff that's been in the last five, ten years. So uh, I might pick so, this up. Yeah. So Marvel this month appears to be going a little bit of retro because mm-hmm. Anne Nocenti was a, a writer like back in Daredevil. I'm trying to remember. She might have even been the writer whenever like Typhoid Mary was created. I can't remember exactly. Mm-hmm. I know she was. There was like a Fall from Grace series that later on I think that she was a writer on. But um, so she's a longtime uh, Marvel writer. Yeah, when Storm has the Mohawk and is in charge of the X-Men, we're going back to X-Men 201. So that's how oh. far back. That's whatever Storm without powers beats Cyclops in a fight. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. It proves, uh, my, proves my, my thought for years is that Scott Summers is kind of a wimp. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah they're definitely definitely going backwards in time uh for storytelling okay. for that so nothing wrong with that shad i assume you're going to talk about 26 what's 26 oh is no, that the demon wars book yes uh, well it's just the it's the last one of, of the of the demon wars saga uh of things i'd I've been kind of holding back on reading them, just not for any certain purpose. They're just in the two read pile. But this is the Scarlet Sin is the supposedly the last book in at least the Demon Wars uh, series that Peach Momoko has been coming out with. And I will be getting this book. Absolutely. Uh, And then and then maybe read them all. Maybe. All right. Now, there is a uh, variant cover by Kevin Eastman of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yeah, fame, is. which is definitely an homage to Captain America 100. So, um, yeah, oh, it is. Yeah, I just got all them kind of behind him and stuff like that. So you said this uh, is the last. Is is it a one shot or is it a, it's a this one one's shot, a one so shot? Yeah, they're all the one shot. Good. They're they're all like she they're all number ones. Like it's just yeah. like 
demons the the previous series wasn't demon wars it was demon something or other i can't remember mm-hmm. uh but uh it's it's a cool take it's like it's very uh uh japanese art style like like she does obviously but she also throws all of the marvel characters into a kind of japanese uh kind of area and uh kind of mm-hmm. feudal japan uh kind of mm-hmm. layout the costumes the, what they're wearing it's at least the ones that I've read are kind of told in a uh, like somebody's telling a tale to you, like a like here's this oh, yeah. this thing that they're the story they're passing down. So it's it's definitely an approach to to take, and I enjoy that. It's not just a uh, hey, we're gonna give you another story. There's yeah. A, okay. There's a device that's given with it. Okay. Uh, thirty-two is my next thing. I just wanted to ask you a question about number 20 or page 28 and 29, specifically 29. It's uh, got the image for Groot number one Mm -hmm. um, of four by Dan Abnett. Mm -hmm. And the it's like baby Groot and some other character that's in a green and white costume with the Saturn. That's the original Captain Marvel costume. It is. So when you go back to Marvel superheroes number ten and eleven, he doesn't <laughs> keep that costume very long. Yeah. Uh, designed by Gene Colan. Yeah. Right? So it's a Gene Colan design costume. So that's the costume. Now, yeah. I, it could just be yeah, and it even says there a young Cree soldier by the name of Marvel. So, oh, okay, yeah. So guess what? They're going again back to tell yeah. stories in the Marvel universe past. Mm-hmm. All right. And now Dan Abnett's a newer writer. He wasn't writing back at that time. Mm-hmm. But uh, but again, it it's a theme this month from Marvel where they're telling okay. stories in, in the past. So Groot's got a long history. Of course, Groot was actually a, a Marvel monster initially. Uh, right. He showed up in, oh, gosh, Tales to Astonish, maybe. Um, but anyway, it's neither here yeah. nor there. So, um, so yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for answering that. So on, um, again, follow that same theme, page 32 and 33, we have Danny catch ghostwriter number one of five written by Howard Mackey. Okay. Howard Mackey co-created this character back in Mm -hmm. the, 90s so here we have a flashback to a time when innocent blood was spilled and a spirit of vengeance was born so uh yeah so howard mackie was co-creator of this character back in 90 something i don't even remember Mm -hmm. what year it was and uh they're telling a story back closer to the character's inception as opposed to in modern events and danny ketch is not the current ghostwriter no so well we'll talk about danny ketch here in a minute but are we can I if we want to, but <laughs> yeah, I think Robbie Reyes, Robbie <laughs> Reyes is the current ghostwriter, though. I think Danny Ket, Danny Ketch and, and even Johnny Blaze are kind of around. Um, uh, Robbie Reyes is the one who might, mainly uses a car as opposed to right. a motorcycle. So. Right. And of he course, that get character his motorcycle goes license. To, yeah, that character goes back to like there's a Western ghostwriter. It was all white, oh, right. had the cape and stuff, right? That so that's okay. that character has kind of a the name anyway has quite a history. So. Right, right. Uh oh, and just as an FYI, Mike's got two copies of Danny Ketch's first appearance on the shelves at Muddy Monster oh, Comics right now. So really? just as an FYI. Okay, I need uh, to make a trip. There you go. So page thirty-five, 
We've got uh, Daredevil and Echo number one of four. And once again, this looks like it's a story back closer to this character's origin, specifically Echo, because uh, Daredevil is is not in that costume currently. Uh, Echo currently has the Phoenix Force. So, so yeah, they're going back in time uh, to tell a story not in their current continuity. So, yeah. you know, predates That's, this continuity. Yeah. That Phil Noto cover is just, and he's doing the art too. That's enough to sell it to me. Echo is one of my favorite characters in the last, yeah. I'm trying to remember when her first appearance was 90. Was it 90 something? It was pretty early in the, in the, uh, right after the Kevin Smith run on Daredevil, Marvel Knights, whenever they rebooted. Okay. That. Yeah. So maybe that was 2000, early 2000s. That'd be somewhere right around there, yeah. Yeah, somewhere in that ballpark. And she's one of my favorite characters. I prefer it when David Max drawing her, but yeah, this ah. is good too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, my next thing's not till fifty-four. Mine's uh, in the seventies. I have a quick thing to say about page forty-seven, X-Men twenty-two. You'll probably be able to guess what my snarky comment will be about, and that. Anyone want to take a, t- take a guess? Uh, is that a Rob Liefeld cover? No. No. Okay. I mean, even if it was, that uh, wouldn't be it. I don't know. Which then. which character on this cover has actually been in a recent Marvel movie? Well, uh, MODOK. Yeah, MODOK. I mean, mm-hmm. to me, the the movie version is the only MODOK I've ever seen. And I <laughs> now I it's ruined the character for me if they ever <laughs> wanted him to be an intimidating scare, scary character mm-hmm. it won't work because all i can think of is what was his name darren oh yeah darren yeah, yeah. darren <laughs> yeah i'm like oh i want to believe this guy's kind of scary but it's um <laughs> i keep hearing darren's voice <laughs> it's well, better than Pat oswald's voice is what scott would say absolutely you are 100 <laughs> percent correct so uh, 54 and 55 we have the continuation of captain america cold war so that's just that's really more of a reminder for me uh <laughs> continuing into citadel liberty number 12 and symbol of truth uh issue 13 and you were mentioning christopher cantwell earlier so on page mm-hmm. six you've got the third issue of hellcat so uh yeah and i'm picking that up at least i think i am my notes say that i am i haven't gotten <laughs> the first i think it's down yeah. at the store. So. And 57, speaking of Marvel Retro, we have mm-hmm. Invincible Iron Man number six, where it goes back and tells a story of Iron Man when he's in his Mark V armor. I think it's like the Scarlet Scarlet Centurion, because it's more uh, red and white, but it's a little bit different mm-hmm. look. And it's like back in the time of the West Coast Avengers. So, <laughs> yeah. Retro story. Can we get enough retro stories? <laughs> and I'm sure there's probably more in here if we were to dig a little bit yeah, into yeah. some of these, you know, synopsis. So we have another get uh, more bang for your buck. You're not only buying Fantastic Four number seven, you're also getting number seven hundred. But by the way, it's the same issue. So. Ah, okay. <laughs> uh, you're asking about Danny Ketch. Well, uh, it's page sixty-three, Dark Ghost Rider number fourteen. Uh, they mentioned Johnny Blaze, and they also mentioned Danny Ketch in the same issue. So, yeah. and now Robbie Reyes is not part of the Avengers, but he was until the um, until the Jason Aaron into the Jason Aaron run. He was part. He was an Avenger, and then he was mm-hmm. over in Avengers Forever as well. So, 
you know, you have to admit that Ghost Rider is a really visually cool looking. Oh character. yeah, most I mean, of the stories are terrible, but he visually, <laughs> yeah, yeah, is really really cool looking. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's like it's like Hawkman. You know, he looks great, but how many yeah. good Hawkman stories are there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I remember we were doing the 80th yeah. anniversaries, yeah. and we're like, oh my gosh, where am I gonna <laughs> yeah. find this? <laughs> Um, I'm just going to mention on page 68 that Punisher is still good. So, um, with Jason Aaron at the helm. So, and I think that's it for Marvel for me. So, Chad had one way, didn't you? Yeah, I got a Star Wars book in '74, uh, which is just another one of the uh, we've we've got the Return of the Jedi books for the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi. Uh, this month is the Lando book, which focuses on a heist that Lando and Chewie are pulling on Jabba the Hutt. So. Just some shenanigans that they were up to around that time. And that's all I've got for Marvel. One of these days, uh, I really need to, with the group, with one or both of you watch some of these Star Wars movies and you start telling me the, because I've watched them all, all of the old ones at least, but I, I, it just never has been the story that really is just like, in my nerd brain like other stuff and <laughs> i always feel like a really deficient you know nah you you're just a few years too old mike that's maybe, all it is. maybe that's what yeah. it is it's just the I timing mean, wasn't there for you yeah because what it I'm, was if the people who are into star wars typically it was toys yeah it was yeah. the availability of the toys is what drove most people star wars wise so yeah well, and then i'm a kid of a star wars kid so that, oh, that, 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 yeah, that, yeah. Well, you probably had some toys, too. Oh, well, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but I, I, had, I had his toys. I, had, uh, I didn't even right. have the new ones. I had, I, had his. I was the oldest of seven kids, and if I ever got a Star Wars toy, one of my brothers or sisters would have broken it immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. way back on trades. I had a couple of oh, okay, yeah, go ahead. mentions. I'm one on is the big the, book, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one is uh, page 106. It's just uh, it's uh, focusing on the Wasp. Uh, Wasp Small Worlds Trade Paperback. It's uh, written by Al Ewing with Stanley and Ernie Hart. So I'm assuming Al Ewing's got a little bit of a. Uh, it's well, let's see. It's actually reprinting or collecting Wasp number numbers one through four and some material from Tales to Astonish from 1959. So I'm sure that's the Stan Lee part. It but, should be 59. What I say? 59. I, I I meant to say 59. Yes. No, well that's 59 is too early. Yeah, that is right. They it should have been sixty nine probably. Probably. No, that would have been that'd have been too late. Yeah, let's see, because her first appearance was in Tales to Astonish forty four. And that's what it says here is forty four. But that's not fifty nine. No. I, well no. Yeah. hold on. Maybe it is. We do have the internet. <laughs> Tales to Astonish forty four, because I thought that would have been post I mean the first sixty three. I mean, sixty three. They totally botched that because that's, yeah, yeah. that's not right. Yeah, because. Okay, let's just say t- well, Tales to Astonish 44. <laughs> so what it may be is that there's a prototype story of the Wasp that they include in oh, there. Because, maybe. like, yeah, so that, that would be my, that would be my guess. So it wasn't this, the Wasp. It's kind of like there's a prototype Ben and May Parker story prior mm-hmm. to Amazing Fantasy 15. And there's a you know, prototype Hulk story and a prototype mm. you know, Dr. Strange story. Sure. Gotcha. Um, but if it tells Astonish 44, that's says, the well, okay, June 1st, 1963. But yeah, 
Well, they, they talk about, I mean, the cover even shows all her different. She's had more costumes than most uh, characters. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. Well, there's like one issue. I think it was a Perez drawn one where she literally changes costumes in the middle of a fight. And somebody comments on it. Are you wearing a different <laughs> costume? That's awesome. And uh, last but not oh man, use your words, Mike. Last but not least is the, on pages 120 and 121, you got Captain Marvel slash Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel slash Monica Rambeau. They each have their own trade paperback that gives you their history. Um, I'm probably more team Monica Rambeau than I am Carol Danvers, but it's kind of a neat little bookend if you were to get both of these and put them on your shelf if you have any liking of those characters at all, which I do. And that's it for me and Marvel. Way more than I normally talk about in Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So don't forget, uh, previews orders are due uh, 18th of each month. So if you are listening to this as we record, well, I guess it really depends on when we get it out, right? <laughs> Fair enough. You'll have until the 18th, ideally, to uh, get your orders turned in. So, all right. Does anybody want to talk about our King, Arcade Kings number one? I can't. I can't make myself excited to talk about this book. I, I can. I can tell you what I wrote. Okay, go for uh, it. <laughs> and so I wrote for fans of Invincible and Murder Falcon. I haven't read that. Uh, a new arrival to Infinity City is now the hottest player in the local arcade. His past comes to catch up with him, and he has to use his powers with the joystick and his fists. Yeah, I no, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't into it, but I was like, I felt like it's it's on the cover of the preview, so it's yeah. like. And it's an image number one. You know. yeah. Obligatory mention because it's on the cover. Yeah. 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 I get the art. The art takes forced. me out of it, too. Yeah. Uh, you I, also I mean, have something something epic, number one. Um, this is kind of like being told from the, from the perspective of a 14-year-old kid who kind of sees yeah. the world. But when he looks at the world, he's also seeing superheroes and monsters and magic. So I don't know uh, what that ultimately is going to, you know, take the form of, but uh, something maybe a little bit different coming from Image. And it says it's Spawn and Punisher fan favorite artist. I'm going to say Simon Kudrasky, but I'm probably butchering that name. So I was a little bummed out with this preview art because it talks about like you getting the the powers of what is called an epic and you're supposed to be able to see all these the imaginary world and everything beyond and we get these like very black and white kind of uh yeah. drab preview art and it's i mean that's what i'm sure they're telling the story of like you're gonna get that until he gets his powers and then he's yeah. gonna get these bright colors but like give me some of the bright colors man yeah, <laughs> yeah well, they, 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 they just want to give us the first few pages you know so yeah you know. Hey, before we go any further, I just wanted to mention sometimes I notice something on the the scoop page where they talk about what's selling, you know, the big the big comics uh, at auctions. And here we have Action Comics number one. It's the rocket copy. That's the one with that uh, red rocket stamp on the cover. It has sold for, I think, the third time in a year. <laughs> so we're flipping and flipping and flipping. So this time it's going it set a record at 3.55 million for a single comic book. What's the grade on it? 6.5. 6.5. Yeah, no, 6.0. Sorry. For action, yeah. right? Action Comics number one, yeah. Right. So it said first Heritage, Heritage sold it for 3.1 in January of 22. 
then Golden Auctions and Metropolis Comics brokered a sale for the book at $3.4 million. So you had a couple hundred thousand dollar gain there back in September. And then it bumped up another couple hundred thousand. So basically, people, you just got people with lots of money. Well, and and really, it's not going for, by time the person who bought it for 3.4 sells it at 3.6. They probably took a loss on it by the time the other brokers sure. and stuff get their commission and mm-hmm. yeah. fees and all that type of stuff. So really, yeah, I was thinking that it's not a huge. It wasn't a huge gain. Yeah. No, unless they just said you're going to take X dollars of whatever more you can sell it for. So. I'd be the guy that would keep it, never resell it in my, I'd be leaving it to my kids and they wouldn't know what to even know what they had. And then they throw it in the trash. <laughs> oh my God, don't say that. That's nightmare material. <laughs> Sweet dreams. <laughs> oh my God. Um, well, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going by page numbers cause I'm, I'm just using my pull box on the diamond site. Mm-hmm. So we'll just, um, the Hanthology. Uh, this is a trade paperback, so this was something that that Jeremy Hahn wrote during COVID lockdowns. And if you uh, if you've ever read anything about from Jeremy Hahn, he's done things like The Beauty, The Realm. Um, uh, he's got The Approach out right now from Image. He has a very Cthulhu heavy influence, and you can kind of mm-hmm. see uh, from this cover, um, it's kind of like a Cthulhu shape and he has a tendency to wear a hat. that looks like this one that's on top of who of the Cthulhu character, Okay, but it's I was wondering of, what that kind of call was too. Yeah. So I think this book might've been a Kickstarter. So you could probably actually get a hardcover directly from Jeremy Hahn, but here they're giving us a trade paperback from image. And I like to mention Jeremy Hahn's books. He also was at my show. Oh gosh. I don't remember what year it was now. It's been several years back, six or seven years ago. Uh, he was a guest of my show. So, yeah, I almost marked this. Um, it looked pretty interesting, and looked, you know, like you said, it has that. It harkens to um, a Cthulhu, Cthulhu look mm-hmm. with the cover. I had uh, actually, if I go, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. Go ahead. I'm just going. I mean, I do have the catalog, and that I'm trying. That was on page 67. Mm-hmm. Ontology was on page 58. There's one I had earmarked called Star Signs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have that marked, Shed? Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead then, please. Oh, okay. Uh, so Star Signs is, I, I I kind of gone back and forth, but I actually this is like the book that has me the most intrigued out of the catalog probably, is mm-hmm. that it's it's advertised as Wicked and Divine meets Radiant Black, uh, which I like both of those series. So it's like, okay, I'm, I'm essentially the Zodiac signs fall to Earth and give 12 people the gift of their powers. And uh, very much in the same way that the Wicked and Divine, they had the Pantheon and everybody got the powers every 70 years or whatever the heck it was. Um, I I thought at first I was like, well, artwork seems kind of safe. It just it, the story like the story didn't have this edge to it. But then the more I thought about it, I was like, this could be really cool. I mean, they, they're not giving you a lot to go off of with this little yeah. paragraph of what it would be. But. Um, the zodiacs are signs are are ripe for the picking to be able to use sure. and kind of do. So I was like, I I, I kind of do like it. I like I like what the what could potentially happen with this book. And so yeah, I li- I'm excited. I just wanted to see what the powers were. I thought that's always kind of right. cool when you know <laughs> that there's going to be a group of super powered beings, and you know kind of what the theme is. You're like, okay, how are they going to? What yes. kind of powers are they going to give them? Mm-hmm. Let's say the archer, uh, <laughs> the twins, All right, uh, yeah. 
the bull. Well, don't ruin it for me. Don't spoil it. <laughs> well, you could go see Spoilers. the Zodiac in Marvel, you know, because they oh, do right. have the Zodiac in Marvel as well. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, all right. So the ripoff book of the month. I'm, no, I mean, um, so you have Savage Strength of Starstorm, which that sounds like a five-year-old came up with that title. But also when you read the, when you read the solicit, it, it's, it sounds just like Radiant Black. Somebody finds a strange artifact from another galaxy. <laughs> yep. We've not seen that. Oh, yeah. Before. I did see that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, but this is another number one, Drew Craig. Uh, hopefully they can do something to differentiate it. They're going to have to do a whole heck of a lot. You know, I'm about to hear rave reviews on it before I pick it up, but it is a new number one this month out of Image. Yeah. Artwork's yeah, not really as clean as that. that. And yeah. Oh. I got one more thing from Image, but you guys okay. go ahead. I do too. Uh, I've got the Supermassive uh, 2023 edition, uh, which appears to be, this is the like massive verse, like speaking of Radiant Black, uh, this is their like big crossover, which I'm assuming is now going to just be maybe an annual event is that they're just going to have the Supermassive 20 whatever, because they had one last year as well. Um, and this one, we've got a new character since the last Supermassive, which is Dead Lucky. So they'll be on there. I've actually been reading my my radiant black books um and i was like okay i'm gonna put all of this other two read pile aside and i just (laughs) i've got a stack that's like seven inches thick of radiant black and it's all of its spinoffs and i'm just trying to go through it it's not uh it's not bad um but i i'm actually wanting to get to a place where i'm kind of caught up to go okay whatever the super massive event is will either be my continuation point or my jumping off point for the massive universe <laughs> so we shall see um all right so also from image i this pronunciation of this title i'm not for sure on marth Vallis. so it's the trade paperback i think it's i don't think it's is it digest size it's Full color pocket format. So I guess that's like digest size, yeah. 128 pages, but what well, it's a sci-fi, a sci-fi adventure story. But what has me intrigued is that the preview artwork, there's like five pages of it. And there is not a, there's communication, there's noise sounds, but all of the word balloons are just in these odd symbols. So it's like they're going to have to tell the story without using any words. So you're going to have to kind of get what they're taking by just pulling the scene. I'm I'm intrigued by this. The okay, I'm <laughs> I'm not going to say what I want to say about the artwork because I didn't be uh, using a regular term, but it, it has a very cartoony art style. Um, but it is it it's interesting to me. So. I'm probably going to pick this up. So I don't even I, see that in the printed book. Oh, really? I don't either. I'm looking. Okay. Um, over. What's it called again? Okay. It's M-A-W-R-T-H-V-A-L-L-I-I-S. And it's by, and the creator is mm. E-P-H-K. <laughs> that is a valley in Mars, in case you wanted to know what that is. Oh, Marth Vallis? Yep. Oh, okay. Well, this this takes the story takes place in, on okay. on Mars, so it's a Mars mystery story, sci-fi Mars mystery. So, um, in shops April tw- oh in shops April twelfth. So I wonder if it's a late solicit because it does have a March um 
a diamond code. Okay. But yeah, April 12th is whenever that's okay. going to actually be on the shelves. So I'm, I'm definitely going to pick it up. So it has me intrigued. And with no words, I can read it really fast. That's true. <laughs> it won't be a lot of time for you. That's right. Boom. Done. Okay. <laughs> um, that's all I'm I have for image. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I only had one thing in boom, and that's just it's a book that I talked about uh, when it was coming out in single issues. Uh, called Once Upon a Time at the End of the World. It's written by Jason Aaron, and it had an interesting, you know, end of the world premise. Uh, but now it's collected in a, its first trade, volume one. And now I'm thinking, well, since I failed to get it then, I should get the first five issues in this trade. I think I've got the first three if you just want them, because I I'm not I didn't enjoy it and I dropped off on it. <laughs> Oh, thank you. That's good to hear because that saves me. It was okay. From... It wasn't horrible, yeah, I mean... but it just—it didn't like. Of all the books you got to read in the world, it's, it was like, yeah. okay, I got to cut this one off. Okay, well, that's that helps. It helps. That's why sometimes it is better uh, to wait for the trade. Yeah. I got a couple of things in Boom. Chad, you got anything? Uh, Ghost Lore was the only yeah. the number one uh, a new Colin Bunn book, which he has a couple in the book this yeah. in uh, this month. Uh, for him to write that much horror, I just don't want to be in his brain. Yeah, you know? right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. Well, and and I mean, just like anybody who is that has that many books coming out, there's some that are good and there's some that some, just yeah. aren't. And uh, and so I I always get a little leery about hopping on a new Colin Bunn book because there's probably a 50-50 chance that it's not going to be the one that is the good one yeah. uh, in there. But uh, the Ghost Lore is uh, a new horror series, like I said, by Colin Bunn. Uh, it's about a father and a daughter who consider who are considered nearly dead, which means that they're survivors of a deadly accident, and it gives them a power to uh, be able to see and talk to ghosts. Uh, but they aren't the only nearly deads out there, and there are others who may not have kind intentions. So that's kind of the setup. And it looks like it's gonna have a different artist every issue. Oh, okay. That's what I what I gathered, or maybe I'm on the wrong one. Yeah, because um, where was? Let's see. The first in a haunting lineup of artists featured in each issue. Oh, to, yeah. So I'm thinking they're gonna have a different artist every single. Well, that's issue. kind of a cool approach. No, so I I kind of took it as gonna be a different story, but I you know, but maybe I wonder if this their ability is gonna be the tie that ties all the issues together. Could be, yeah. Maybe. So I don't I don't know. What do I know? That's a good guess. <laughs> as good a guess as anybody. It's as good as okay. it, exactly. We'll, we'll we'll take it. So um also from Boom, I just mentioned they have the expanse, the dragon tooth number two of twelve. And this is actually also a Kickstarter for a different set of covers. So um, now the Kickstarter is over already, but uh, which is unfortunate for anybody who maybe would have wanted the Kickstarter. But right. uh, um, yeah, so I, 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 I can't decide what I feel about this. It's like if you trust the product, then put it out monthly. But now we're doing a Kickstarter to cover the cost. I don't I don't kind of I, I this bugs me a little bit, but yeah. Um, uh, Dark Horse. I don't have anything in Dark Horse. You make anything in Dark Horse? Uh, nothing. No. I've got one. Nothing new. Okay. There's a new book called Survival. Uh, 
And it's uh, about a girl who goes back to her hometown in Alaska where there's an unexpected plane crash unleashing a an ancient terror in a rural town. So uh, kind of gives you that 30 days of night uh, feel. It even says on the top, I didn't even pay attention, it says Red Dawn meets 30 days of night. So uh, yeah, uh, just another horror book. I'd, I probably won't pick it up, but if you like horror comics, and I always like to point those out. Um, I'm, I'm looking to see. I, did, I didn't uh, see that one. But I'm wondering if it is none of the case where it's not on the. Oh no, there it is. Survival. Okay. Yep, I just didn't mark it. <laughs> <laughs> and her last name is Reed. Gosh, I should be all over that book. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and it's Sean Lewis. That's the the um, Batman. Is that the Batman White Knight guy? No, that's Sean Murphy. That's Sean Murphy. Right. Okay. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> One of the Shans. Different Sean, different Sean. Yeah. Um, IDW. I don't have. Uh, is that before Dynamite? Yeah, no, I think Dynamite. At least in the catalog, Dynamite's next. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. You got Dynamite. I uh, just I earmarked. Um, you, want, you want 26 covers of something? No, no. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Actually, I want the cosplay cover. <laughs> <laughs> the um, cosplay cover. They should yeah. have a cosplay cover of Maleficent. That wouldn't. That would be a oh, good yeah. idea. I mean, yeah. it wouldn't be a good idea. It would be trashy, but uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's because the reason I'm wanting to buy this is to give it to my granddaughter. So no, yeah. <laughs> it's just funny that I'm. What's funny is I'm on the plane and I'm looking through the catalog oh, and I gosh. get to dynamite and I'm like, I gotta flip fast because I don't want yeah, people right. to see me right. looking at these. The dynamite section and the manga section. You you can't oh, spend yeah. time on those yeah. pages if you're in public. Yeah. <laughs> flip 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 flip. <laughs> So, uh, Disney Villains Maleficent, number one, it's, uh, I don't know, I just, I, I'm trying, I mean, there's different books I've bought from previews over the years for my granddaughter, at least the, the eight-year-old. The other one's getting old enough now, maybe she can start enjoying them, but I might pick this up. And then I was looking at the, uh, there's a little box here that says there's a J. Lee cover, Dynamite Metal Premium cover T. For one hundred dollars, what does that mean? <laughs> a metal cover, a metal premium cover. Well, I assume they will. At, if you go to a comic book convention now, you'll have these artists, and they're instead of printing their their prints on paper, they're yeah. printing their prints on metal sheets, so it's mm-hmm. a little bit more durable. Um, so I'm going to make the assumption that yeah. that is what we're talking about. But let me. I'm trying to find dynamite here. Uh, to actually take a look at that and see, because like on Pullbox, I don't know if I just skipped Dynamite. Control F, Dynamite. Whoops, I'm not. You don't need to search in Word. I need to search on the web page. I didn't even <laughs> know that. That I didn't even realize that that was a J Lee cover on that number one, just because it's yeah, it's inked and colored differently, like than than most J Lee things. Yeah, okay. normally you can pick him out. Very oh, absolutely. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very like tendrils everywhere hair and yes just i don't i don't see that uh i don't see that's not on the not on the pull box site so i can't okay i can't well i don't know i just it just caught my it. attention because i was thinking well maybe i'll get that for for josie um we'll see i'll pick it up I think, i'll be buying it yeah i mean are you do you like disney villains and disney oh yeah characters? yeah 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 disney so everything. i mean that's that's one of my favorite characters with disney is maleficent i mean yeah. just Sort of a not a she's a villain, but then again she has this 
kind of like the Wicked Witch of the West with the the right. the, the book and the play Wicked. She they, yes. There's a a way to portray the character in a positive light and explain why she acts the way she does. And this like, is going to be a prequel to to Sleeping Beauty, and uh, I'm assuming they're going to stay away from the Angelina Jolie movie kind of story yeah. and kind of create their own like within the the cartoon universe of it all, which is cool. Right. I was trying so to look, to the, uh, look um, it up on the Diamond site to see if I could give you some additional information. Let's see. Okay. So you're looking for the premium metal? Yikes. Did you see what the price was on the premium uh-huh. metal? Yeah, it's bucks. <laughs> so it's an aluminum metal cover. Wow. Yep. I've never even heard of that. Yeah, they use a these covers use a long lasting dye infused printing process on a 0.020 thick aluminum. It is the next limited edition enhancement lighting the collective community on fire. <laughs> they they hope. Yeah, I that's the emphasis added by me, not by the diamond. <laughs> Dark Space is Good Deeds uh, is on page 348 on the big book. Uh, This is, I guess, so Scott Snyder has a an imprint with IDW and it is called Dark Spaces and he had the book Wildfire under there. And so Good Deeds is the next book in that imprint and uh, he's not writing it or anything. Uh, He's, I guess, just curating Mm -hmm. on there. Um, So that's really the only reason, reason I'm bringing it up. And also because in the printed book, there's a typo on it. And if IDW can't get their crap together on anything else, of course, they can't even like get their, their print right without some sort of typo in there. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I mean, it makes sense. Uh, it's about a kid and their mom who moved to a quiet little town where they uh, witness uh, bloodshed at this town festival. I'm hoping it's a weird like seance, like where they sacrifice somebody. Uh, but they don't really say, uh, and it leads to a a conspiracy, a supernatural conspiracy linked to the town's colonial past. Um, so it's, it's is, kind of which Dark Spaces book is that? This is Dark Spaces Good Deeds. The solicit on the web page is completely okay, well, okay, it's almost not okay. I guess it's not, but it t- says it's in St. Augustine, Florida. Yeah. Right. Okay. All right. Which is not like a super small town. It's a it's a it's a it's a tourist town. Oh, is it's it the really? oldest town in the U.S.? Yeah. Uh huh. Oh. So, yeah. The I might have up... made up the small town part. Okay. Yeah. When okay. I write my own solicits, who knows what happens? I don't <laughs> <Okay>. know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like it felt like a small town vibe. I don't know. Because I just fun. I read the I read the the synopsis and then I write my own and then who knows what happens after that. <laughs> Um, let's see. Also, uh, now I had decided that this book was going to be every other month, but the issue three is out this month. So you have the Dungeons and Dragons Saturday Morning Adventures issue number three. Uh, back to coup covers of that. So I guess that's month to month. Now, what's missing from IDW is I don't see a Rocketeer book this month. They mm. they started that anthology, but was that just a one shot? I thought it was like going to be a four issue series of anthologies, but it was a four issue series. Okay, well, it's there's not yeah. solicited as far as I can tell from IDW this month. Hmm. So now, one thing I missed the first time I went through IDW was that there is also now a TMNT Saturday Morning Adventures continued number yes. one. 
So they are continuing the cartoon line in comic books, like they are doing with the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. So and the GI Joes and yeah. <laughs> so you guys got anything else from IDW? Yeah, and no, they, they stopped calling the turtles the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's just TMNNT. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot to type. I get it. it yeah, but... But I mean, it doesn't sound as good as the, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> they should just grow them up and they just be the Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles. There you go. Right. Yeah. Right, yeah. To going from Teen <laughs> Titans to Titans. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Now, on the pullbox site, Dynamite comes after IDW. Oh, okay. FII, so... Yeah, I, I, I IDW's up. gotten the they've gotten the boot in the big book. They're 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 gone. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're still <laughs> up. They still have a major spot on the website though. So. Huh. Huh. No, it was weird, and, and it's completely out of order. But we're going out of order anyways. Dark Horse has two sections in the printed book. They have their like their section. Yeah. Did you notice mm-hmm. that? Yeah. And then on in on two ninety seven, there's another Dark Horse section, and it's like. There, it's all their things that aren't number ones, and it's like trades, and it's 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 kind of a weird split. I don't know. It's like, why. oh wait, there's more. Yes. It's pro- well, it's probably a cost savings. They probably want to feature some books because they have to pay uh, extra to be up front. Yeah, that so makes like sense. Image is the premier the premier company. That's why they're always first right. for uh, the catalog. So, and that's why like Marvel and DC have done their own thing because they don't want to be just sandwiching with everybody else. Yeah. That's why you're stuck with a separate book for Marvel, DC, of course. Yeah, they, whatever they're it doing. Is, it amazes me that the cat, the books, the preview catalogs are still as big as they used to be. Yeah. Without Marvel and DC. Mm-hmm. Well, Diamonds had to go to get all these independent guys to, you know, yeah. to <laughs> stay in business. So. Yeah. Um. Uh, all right. So the rest of the book, I, let's just rapid fire these. So okay. no particular order. Mike, you can go first. Uh, in the same vein as Maleficent on page 304 for those that have physical catalogs you have under the disney hyperion i don't know if that's a publisher i guess anyway it's called fairest of all a villain's graphic novel and uh it's again i this is something i'd get for my granddaughter but i probably would read it before i even give it to her so it's only fifteen bucks. Yeah. Chad, you look at me like, yeah, I'm gonna read it too. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, me and your granddaughter would have like the same reading list. I think <laughs> they, this was a not this is a novel and this is the graphic novel uh like conversion of it or whatever the adaptation yeah. that's the right word and I've been wanting to read the book for forever and I just I'm lazy when it comes to reading actual books with just pages and pages of words. Yeah. Uh, so the fact that there's a graphic novel version of it, it's like okay that's what I'm getting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a I put on my big boy pants the last couple of weeks and started reading finally some actual prose novels nice. that I had stacked up. I got I'm in the middle of the T.H. White Once and Future King book that okay. was con- that was uh, developed into a uh, uh, a screenplay called uh, Camelot back in the 70s, mm. and it's remarkably good. It's I'm about a third of the way through right now, but it's fantastic. Yeah, I'm enjoying mm. it. Uh, so next, next Chad. person with their hot take. All right. Uh, next I've got from AWA on page 280 in the big book is, uh, Gatsby, the uh, original graphic novel. I do feel like this was solicited as an issue one last month. Um, and as a monthly book and is now going to just be released as a original graphic novel. Uh, it's a modern day retelling. Did we talk about this? 
I remember talking months ago about Gatsby and single issues. Yeah, so maybe maybe yeah. we did, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's just a modern update with LGBTQ characters, multicultural characters, and the age of the internet. Uh, so if you like Gatsby uh, and you were hoping to get this as single issues, I I really do believe that maybe they didn't get enough orders or something, and they just were like, let's just release this as one and not yeah. do it, not do it this way. I think you're uh, right. Yeah. All right, so from Oni Press, we have that other Cullen Bunn book that we were hinting about earlier on. So Lamentation number one. Um, and I think I said my comment now, what I uh, meant, or I said it earlier, what I had for this book right now is that I wouldn't want to be in this guy's head. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just, just another, uh, just another horror book. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not even going to go into it any further. He's, he's go ahead. everywhere. Yeah. He really yes. is everywhere. Yeah. I, the last the last series I bought of his was Heathens, and it. You were talking earlier about well, he based on the volume, his I think mm-hmm. his quality levels off at a mediocre. His overall average is mediocre. Yeah. Um, but some can stuff some stuff can be good. Some isn't so good. Heathens wasn't great. Um. But he is he's and he's not just with one publisher. He's with oh, he's all over yeah. publishers. Yeah, because yeah. when Heathens was coming out, Basilisk was coming out and I loved yeah. Basilisk. That was coming out from Boom. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's just he's got ideas and sometimes yeah, this lamentation. This one doesn't seem like it's going to be the one. The focus of the synopsis seems a little off uh, focus. Yeah. yeah. Still doing the lightning round. Yep. OK, I'm in humanoids. Out. Humanoids uh, is under the Offered Again title, Women in Comics, and March is uh, uh, women, uh, woman, Women's Month, um, and it's something I I don't remember it being solicited before, but since they're saying Offered Again, it must have been, but it's called The Complete Omni, and the reason I'm earmarking this is because it's written by Devin Grayson and I really liked Devin Grayson's work on the Teen Titans back in the early 2000s, and I know she's done other stuff, but I really haven't kept up. But it's I don't know if if you want to say okay, there, here's a reason to pick this up because it's um it's it's uh, Women's Month, um or Women History Month, um uh, then that's my suggestion for at least me. Uh, I've got on page 230 from Ablaze is Animal Castle Volume 2, number one. Uh, I have yet to finish reading Animal Castle Volume 1, but I do own it. It's on the shelf. Uh, and uh, I just love the book. The, the It's a, it's Animal Farm's yeah. sequel, essentially. Artwork's awesome. Uh, it uh, I just really like the way that it's portrayed. And uh, it's it's uh, I'm excited that they're continuing the story. Is it as dark as George Orwell's novels? Um, I felt like it was a little bit more. It it kind of had a secret of Nim meets uh, Animal Farm kind of vibe. Like you got like okay. this little this little cat mom who's mm-hmm. trying to like stand up to the man who's this like giant bull and mm-hmm. kind of running everything. You know, so I kind of felt like it was it was had a, a lighter approach to it. Okay. Uh, but but still was was into it for sure. Sure. From Mad Cave, you have Monomyth number one, and uh, this is another book from David Hazen of the Nottingham right uh, fame. It's 
It's about a world where magic is basically all but extinct. I just want to mention this because, of course, if you like David Hazen, then you should listen to episode two of Mars. I mean, Mike's <laughs> comic book roadshow. Comic um, shop roadshow. <laughs> comic shop roadshow, right? Excuse me. Uh, I got that title <laughs> wrong. Uh, where you can hear our thoughts on Nottingham. And that was episode two. That's right. And we can still call it Mars unofficially. <laughs> I even catch myself doing it. Back to you, uh, okay, next on Lightning Round, I'm under Odyssey Publications. It's a spotlight on. Uh, it's called The Dark Avenger, The Strange Saga of the Shadow. It's uh, it's it's a comics history, you know, coffee table book or reference book or whatever you want to call it. I've got a, a certain level of affinity for the character, even though I'm not your I'm not your card carrying noir fan. But uh, there's something about the shadow that I've always just dug the visual, the visuals of the character, the what well, you guys know, I, I was sitting there reciting the, you know, who knows what lurks in the hearts of men thing about <laughs> a year or two ago. Uh, um, so I, I like the character and it's something even at 30 yeah, you bucks. Made us watch, you could, made us watch that movie. Oh, that was what we were saying. Yeah, that was. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> well, aside from the movie, that wasn't a great movie, no. But the character's still pretty cool. <laughs> There's, you know, if the, I mean, you'll still get people know who the shadow is, even if they don't know anything about comics or or the genre or whatever. They'll there'll be a lot of people know that character. Uh, I got a, a thing to say before I actually talk about my next book. Uh, if you were talking, if you were thinking about our Nottingham review that we did, like Scott was talking about on the Mars issue or Mars episode two, uh, there is a book on page 293 called Nottingham volume three, which may make you think, oh, is that volume three? And they just switch publishers to send a book instead. And no, that would be the answer, uh, for that, uh, is that there's just another book. Uh, called Nottingham, another comic book series called Nottingham that's running, and uh, it's it's published by Cinebook, and uh, they're on oh. volume three, which happens to be the next series, the next volume that would be coming out for Nottingham after they finish this Tales run. Uh, so it tricked me a little bit, but I did oh. a little research and I was like, that's not the Nottingham that it's not the creative team. It's weird. Even the cover copy looks very similar. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's yeah. that's crazy. <laughs> Well, that, I mean, it's a public domain character. They can right. do whatever they want, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> but what I really wow. want to talk about is on page 319 from first, second books is uh, Tegan and Sarah, volume one, junior high graphic novel. Uh, so this is one of my favorite bands, Tegan and Sarah. Uh, and they wrote a book a few years back called High School. And it was kind of like their memoirs of high school and starting their band and whatever. And uh, and last uh, last year, the sh- a show came out based on that that book, and that's on like Amazon Prime or whatever. And so they announced they were also going to be doing a prequel, which is their junior high years. And uh, Till- Tilly Walden's doing the artwork on it, which I really she did the uh, the uh, what's it uh, Clementine, the Walking Dead oh, yeah. uh, book. And I really like that art art style. So I was like, oh, I'm really excited. It's a band I like, an artist I like doing it well yeah. i may have something for you shad because um i ordered a couple of copies of the clementine graphic novel yeah and i think i have sold those but i randomly had show up at my home two copies <laughs> of a clementine book plate 
Did you, you know, get a book plate for him? I got two of them, and I don't, I don't really have the books anymore. Oh. So, but she signed it. Yes. So it's got the well, total, I, Yeah. I so. was, I, I had a notification that I was going to get a book plate for Clementine, and I didn't. I ended up getting a book plate for the book Rain that Joe Hill did. Oh. And and I'm like, a book plate for a, an individual because I only have the individual issues for Rain, and I don't uh, know if you typically put a book plate on an individual floppy. It's just a sticker, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it just kind of felt weird, and I was like, well, I'm a little bummed because I really wanted the book plate for Clementine that they said they were going to be sending me. <laughs> well, if so, I maybe I can set you up. I'll just say, as long as I have sold my copies. Yeah. Okay. You know, I'll I'll try to set you up. So. Cool. Now I want to listen to this band. Now it's an indie pop duo. Yep. Uh, it says here, okay. And you recommend them? I I, I like them a lot. If you okay. if you like uh, a girl indie pop yeah. stuff. Uh. Well, <laughs> have you ever heard of the band Heim? H-A-I-M? Oh, I love them. Yep. Oh yep. my gosh, that is like my daughter introduced me to them, and I don't know if that's even the same style, but I like. If you like Heim, then you would you'll like Tegan and Sarah. And they like okay. every album has a different vibe. So like some of them are a little yeah. bit more rock. Some of them are a little more. Yeah. Like dance electronica, some of it's more acoustic, so you'll find something in there. Are they anything like Fleetwood Mac? They're <laughs> a little bit like Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> so, folks, uh, uh, welcome to our, our spinoff podcast, uh, Where we pop music. music. Yes. <laughs> yeah, campus comics music. <laughs> yes. Oh man, but you know it's funny how there's so many, there's so much overlap between comics and music. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's just our, it's our artistic creativity stuff like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, from Advent Comics, we have Capable Number One. Uh, this is a new series about an average high school kid who's in a wheelchair. And he wakes up one morning and he has super speed. So now all of a sudden he's able to run super fast. That's cool. Well, I think the premise of the book is that you have all of these people who are disabled suddenly becoming capable. So I think that's the premise of the book. Um, looks interesting. So capable mm-hmm. Advent Comics. I like that. Hmm. Uh, I'm looking at on page 391 under Rutgers University Press. It's called Desegregating Comics, Debating Blackness in Golden Age Comics. Now, this I find to be extremely interesting. It's 35 bucks, and it's another reference book, but it talks about the challenges of, you know, black creators, uh, the depiction of black characters, or any kind of represent, representation of race in the, in the 30s and 40s or 30s to the 50s, you know, where black characters were... You know, they were either depicted as uh, Will Eisner um, had the sidekick character, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there were so many sidekicks. I mean, uh, uh, there was an uh, under I don't know if you guys have ever read it, but the um, Shadow Hero, um, that's uh, the first Asian-American or Asian uh, superhero in comics from the 40s it it's got an interesting history we we covered that on a podcast or i covered it with uh on another podcast one time and it was it, it, I, you guys got to read it sometime it's about the green turtle which is an actual oh, 1940s yeah. hero um but the book is by gene yang and uh he basically anyway it's, i'm getting it, off it's track the, here. well it's it's the he's the character where they never actually show him out of costume yeah. right yeah yeah because it wouldn't have been politically correct or it wouldn't have it would, they just didn't think they should show an actual hero as an asian character or chinese character so they 
they showed they showed him as looking it was supposed to be white but the creator went out of his way to make sure that they left it really ambiguous for the readers to say oh well maybe this is a, an asian character so um anyway i'm getting off track this actual book talks about black uh you know you know black characters in those in that golden age and they were depicted as you know like savages or witch doctors or you know just it wasn't a true true representation and it also talked about how creators like matt baker and alvin hollingsworth and all of their you know the work that they did and not really getting a whole lot of recognition recognition until way later so i'm this is the kind of kind of book i want on my shelf I'm actually out, except for I just wanted to mention that uh, Whatnot Publishing does not have a heavy metal magazine for this month. So I they, noticed that, yeah. They have not, uh, issue one has not come out still. Uh, and uh, it was supposed to come out in February and uh, has still not uh, been released. So this is uh, an interesting thing because this is their like <laughs> debut with them buying heavy metal and everything and nothing. Nothing. Crickets. <laughs> Jinx. All right. Um, I got a couple more things. So from this one's kind of an oddball for me. From graphics, you have Captain America Ghost Army hardcover graphic novel. So this is written by Alan Gratz and art by uh Brent Schoonover, who I think had a run on the Captain America title in maybe like the nineties. Um, but it's weird to see this Captain America story uh, coming out from a different publisher, right? And it's it's got you know it could fit. It's going to be a World War II story, but it's talking about Baron Mordo, which is kind of an odd mix because usually you don't think you think about Baron Mordo with Doctor Strange, not with <laughs> not with Captain yeah. America. Uh, so, uh, but odd publisher, but a Captain America story. I might decide if I want to pull the trigger on this one or not. Do it. Uh, <laughs> no peer pressure did you have anything else mike uh just my obligatory uh plug for tomorrow's publishing we got back issue number 145 and this is all about spider-man villains and probably as much or more than heroes i like to hear about the history of different villains you know rogues galleries and stuff like that so again back issue you rarely can go wrong it's 1095 and if you want to learn about the history of characters like the Jackal and Tarantula and Puma and the Lizard and Dr. Octopus and all of those, you pick up that issue. Right, and that's uh, it for this side of the book for me. Uh, two more things to mention on my side. Um, they have from Dynamic Forces, they have graded copies of Amazing Spider-Man 23 and 24. 25 that are those disney covers oh mm -hmm. and you know those are like if i remember right those were one in a hundred books um but they're being offered from dynamic forces graded for a hundred dollars so that would probably be cheaper than buying just the flat out one in a hundred issue if dynamic forces comes through and actually mm -hmm. uh, prints those now they don't guarantee a grade but they've got the Infinity Gauntlet um, variant Disney 100 and then the Secret Avengers variant um, the Amazing Spider-Man 25 book. So if you're really hot to get those, um, you sh usually they would should 
you'll get some nine eights. There's always a risk of a nine six or a nine four on a on a newer book, but um, those are some options. And then I only had one Universal Monster sighting this time, yeah, which was a magazine called Rue Morgue, which has a Bride of Frankenstein cover. Um, which is not the final art for the cover, <laughs> even, which is what's kind of bad. But, uh, but yeah, did you either of you see anything else? Uh, yeah, I monster? did, but I didn't. Uh, we were kind of jumping around, and I didn't. I've got earmarks, but yeah, Rue Morgue. I've I've seen that magazine before. Mm-hmm. Um, let me. Uh, somebody else talk. Somebody else say something interesting. I think there was a um, there was also like a Dracula cover for a magazine, but it was there actually it like the nineteen. 19- 70s uh dracula movie um i've got the scream horror magazine on page 396 and it's got dracula hellraiser yeah but that's like the 70s or 80s uh yeah yeah horror isn't it yeah Yeah, that's i did have it marked but i didn't know it wasn't really strictly universal so i didn't mention it yeah so all right. And Chad, that was everything for you? Yep, that's everything for me. Okay. Well, uh, Mike, is there something in particular that you're looking forward to out of this? Um, I'm sorry. I was looking at the very back because I thought I had some stuff, but I don't. <laughs> um, I'm look. If it's fair to say, I'm just looking forward to about a half a dozen different books from DC <laughs> out of this book or out of, out of this month's um solicitations i don't know which one the most maybe the titans because i'm just a big justice league fan and i want to see what how well they fit that you know you know plug that hole in the whole dc universe um yeah so that okay shad what about you um i would say probably that star science book from image the zodiac uh heroes kind of thing i'm I'm curious to see what that's going to be like you know, and I asked the question and then I didn't even come up with anything for myself about anything that I might be looking forward to. So I'm going to go with the uh, I'm going to go with the Daredevil Echo. Uh, yeah, I was going to say that you would be. Yeah, just because it's back to the roots of the of both of those characters, hopefully. So um, um, that's the version of those characters that I prefer is that time frame. So mm-hmm. not the ultra powered Echo and the the head of the hand uh finding the hand i want the finding the hand not the head of the hand uh daredevil ah. so uh, go back to its roots so uh, i'm gonna get it too i'm gonna get it for the noto art and mm-hmm. yeah we should uh, probably take a guess at each other's what we're looking forward to book <laughs> and because yeah. i think a lot of times in our heads we know uh, well i'd have to i'd have to know in advance though what it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> All right, so uh, Mike, you got a you got a book you think people might want to think about for an investment? Well, I always count on you for the cues, and it's the that well, Green Arrow. Let me see. Green Arrow number two. Yeah. Yeah, Green Arrow number two with the new villain alert. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's my best. That's my best. Sorry, <laughs> Shad. What about you? Um, I would say just kind of going on the on the indie side of things, probably the Star Sign book again. I mean. Just because I don't think we've seen in any kind of major area of uh, TV movie of, you know, the Zodiac signs being something. So if this book does well, it could be something that potentially could be developed into something else. Well, I'm going to follow you to the indie side of things, but a different title. And I'm going to go with Capable because that has the makings of a Netflix or Amazon Prime series all over it. 
yeah. just the idea that you have and, and that you know with the push and film and tv for diversity and mm-hmm. and uh, that just is a perfect fit for something that somebody would want to develop into a story so i think that could uh that could you know could be something so i'm, I'm gonna pick up a few copies just in case so literally gonna put my money where my mouth is so <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh shad what is coming up on episode 156 of the Campus Comics cast. Well, 156 will be covering The Accelerators, Volume 1, and Justice League, A League of One, the collection. Okay. And Mike, if somebody wanted to reach out to you besides our email address, podcasts at bergcomic.com, how would they do that? Uh, my personal email is m.atchison90 at gmail.com. And uh, my uh, Twitter handle is at MikeAtchison5. And I'm not a band. I'm just a person. <laughs> yet yes, not right. a band yet <laughs> but somebody who isn't a band shad yeah. how about you uh you can find me uh on facebook most likely at shad schubert that's s-h-a-a-d-s-c-h-u-b-e-r-t and uh check out shad and thomas we've got some shows coming up that is one of my bands and i'm scott reed you can find me at bergcomics.com has links to my social media and i probably should put a post up on that page about where i'm going to be at convention wise uh coming up this year so maybe i'll maybe i'll get around to doing that so all right so we'll be back uh, soon with another episode your pool at the shop as a joke. And I I oh, is it the Darkwing Duck free comic book day? No, no, that oh. wasn't it. That must have been there for somebody else. Must have been. It must have just ended up in Ashley. Because I think it's an Ashley's class. sticker? I think so. Oh, it was a Mars Attack sticker. Yes. Yeah. And I know what? And Mike wouldn't let me have it. Mike oh. said it was his. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Well, maybe it is. I just, I, I just said, hey, I'm going to put this in here as a joke. But <laughs> I told this to you. I tried to take it. No, it, it was his. I just, it's his. You had to buy it from him. <laughs> oh, I would have bought it, but he was like, no, smack my hand. <laughs> Because <laughs> I knew it was like, okay, that's a Scott joke. Yeah, yeah, so. <laughs> I, could, I was like, oh, man, I was like, what did I put in there? That was, and I couldn't remember what it was, but. <laughs>